From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is CQ Now, your nonpartisan news source for how the inside workings of Congress and the federal government shape the real world. More than 50 ex-members of Congress who left public life at the beginning of last year are now free to lobby their former colleagues on Capitol Hill. They'll have to prove to businesses and advocacy groups that they can wield influence from the outside. It's a uniquely Washington ritual known as the revolving door. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call, joined by lobbying and influence reporter Kate Ackley. Kate, there's a cooling-off period that lawmakers have to go through before they can become lobbyists. Who are some of the ex-House members who can now hang out their shingle? Well, this year there's a pretty big crop of former lawmakers who can now lobby. Uh, We have several prominent chairman. Henry Waxman, who was a Democrat from California, spent 40 years on Capitol Hill, including as chairman of the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Dave Camp, a Republican from Michigan, he was the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, which has jurisdiction over taxes and all kinds of big money stuff. Former Armed Services Chairman Buck McKeon, he's also from California and a Republican. He's now free to lobby. Spencer Backus from Alabama, he was a Republican uh, who chaired the Financial Services Committee. There are also plenty of kind of rank-and-file members, people who lost their elections or people who just decided to retire. They join big names that are already on K Street, the lobbying corridor in Washington, D.C. Those big names are people like Chris Dodd, the former Democratic uh, senator from Connecticut who runs Hollywood's Lobby, the Motion Picture Association of America, as well as former Senate Majority Leader and presidential candidate Bob Dole, the Kansas Republican, who's now a, a notable lobbyist. And, and actually, about one-third of all former members of Congress who have left since 2001 have gone on to become registered lobbyists. That data is according to Legistorm. Senators have to wait a little longer before they can do this, right? That's right. Senators who left at the end of the last Congress just hit their halfway point. They have about one year to go. Um, and that's because of a 2007 law. Those were the post-Jack uh, Abramoff uh, reforms that Congress did. Of course, Jack Abramoff was the former power lobbyist who ended up in jail for uh, corruption and, and uh, so forth scandal. So now senators have to wait two years before they can begin lobbying. They can, of course, do all kinds of behind-the-scenes strategic advice and counseling, and many of them have landed at big law firms and lobby shops already. Before they can actually register to lobby Congress, the senators will have to wait another year. Now, salaries at Washington lobbying firms, whether you're a lobbyist or whether you're just giving advice, they vary quite a bit. What can a reasonably senior member command when he or she goes into the private sector? You're absolutely right. It does vary a lot. We have some information through public disclosure forms. Uh, People who are running a trade association, for example, they have to disclose their salaries publicly because they are uh, nonprofit organizations. So we know on the high end that former Congressman Billy Tozan, who was both a Republican and, and before that a Democrat from Louisiana, 
His last year when he was running the Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America, the big pharma lobby, has paid almost $12 million. And that's an unusually high salary. That was maybe a bit of a golden parachute included in that. Uh, but we know that they can get quite high, you know, in, in one year. On the low end, a uh, sort of rank and file member who maybe doesn't have a lot of seniority, uh, they're looking at maybe getting something like $300,000 a year. A lot of these folks uh, are in entrepreneurial arrangements, so they get paid if they bring in clients, and they maybe get paid less if they uh, don't have success. So it, it really does vary. Making rain, as they say. Now, some people think it's unseemly for these people to return to Capitol Hill as lobbyists, almost as if they've traded on their status as former members to enrich themselves. Is that just a case of sour grapes from people who aren't making as much money, or is this really corrosive? Well. You certainly are seeing the outrage on the campaign trail. It speaks to something that ordinary Americans, you know, they feel almost a sense of rage. They look at Washington and they say it's just this insider place where, you know, you have to have all the connections and then you get everything you want. While that perception may not be completely reality, it's clear that former lawmakers are trading in on their names that they, you know, the credentials that they earned uh, representing their constituents for, in some cases, decades, uh, to now take that knowledge and that expertise, whether it's on policy issues or the insider nature of politics, they're trading on that. They are then making more money, big money, potentially, uh, working for advocacy organizations, trade associations, corporate America, what have you. You see this frustration on both sides of the aisle, and you see big presidential contenders such as Donald Trump to Bernie Sanders, both you know from the Republican side and the Democratic side, where you see people having this outrage at the insider nature of Washington and the potential corruption of these influential forces. Now, you mentioned and you spoke with Henry Waxman, who for decades was a huge influential player on environmental and health issues. Uh, how does he sound? Is he comfortable in his new role as a lobbyist? He says he is, you know, and he's gotten a lot of criticism from sort of the public interest groups that were his allies when he was on Capitol Hill. And again, he spent four decades on Capitol Hill and he came into office as a post-Watergate reformer. So a lot of folks say, wait, what? He's become a lobbyist? And he is a registered lobbyist. He files the, the disclosures indicating some of his clients and the issues that he's working on. He says he won't take a client that he's not comfortable with. Some of his clients uh, he sort of describes as public interest, uh, you know, coalitions of, of hospitals that serve low-income patients. And he says he will continue to champion the causes that he championed while on the Hill, that he's not going to, for example, take on a client that would ask him to be doing something that is in opposition to his the views and the positions he took on the Hill. So he says he's comfortable that he's working on the same kinds of issues that he did while serving on Capitol Hill, but just from this different perspective, from the perspective of, of advocating for special interest. CQ Lobbying and Influence Reporter Kate Ackley. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call. Thanks for listening. Until next time, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CQ Now, and you can download our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud.